Hey, I'm Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another installment of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. I am Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. Um, the, the, we've been gone for two weeks. It's been a, a lot uh, going on for both of Girl. us. I don't know if we want to do updates or we just want to get to the topics. Uh, Girl, I want to give them a light update just so they understand a little bit about what was going on. So I had a death in the family and Brianna's got, had some stuff going on too. But I know for me, I had a death in the family. So I've been back and forth to Florida and I I missed you guys terribly. All of our viewers, all of our listeners or whatever. I missed you guys terribly. Um, but, you know, sometimes life happens and in this case, life happened and, and, and our rest in heaven to... Um, um uncle mike um yeah it was intense so that's my husband's uncle um and he was one of the first people that my husband introduced me to one of the first elders in his and his family to really embrace me and um he will be sorely missed he was really a lot and he was really i would call him an ally for me in the family in that whenever he would come in the room i knew that if nothing else he wasn't gonna let nothing happen does that make sense? Like, right. not that nothing pops off just in general, but his spirit is just so chill. And so, you know, once the peace and the glue and a lot of family situations is gone, bitch, you know, things can be kind of hectic. But shout out to the family. Shout out to everyone. Love you, love you, love you, love you, love you lots. But Uncle Mike will really, really be missed. And so, yeah, that was what's going on with me. I'm back to regular life. I'm back in Atlanta, back in the crib. Um, and just living, loving, laughing and trying to recover. Um, I think that this situation though, like losing someone and then like, like it being in COVID and all of that, I really had to be very intentional about my mental health. Um, and so, um, you know, for those people out there who, who think, you know, oh, you know, mental health issues only affect people of a certain demographic or whatever. I want you to know that we all could benefit from therapy we all could benefit from getting our medications for those of us that have chemical imbalances. And I feel like I want to just be an advocate for that in this moment. Shout out to my medical doctors. Shout out to the people that are my part of my support team. Um, because to be real, like we all are going through it. But if you don't take the steps to be proactive about your mental health, you can get down and down and down and down. And as a sufferer of depression, I just want to tell everyone else out there, if you need to go get help, go get help, and it's not a problem. And it's not a problem. But um, yeah, girl, that's my check-in. What about you, sis? Uh, so I started work about a week and a half ago. It's been kicking my ass because everything that's been going on in the world crazy directly or indirectly affects my job. So I am abreast of everything. So all right. Just trying to navigate through that. Um, but happy to be working. Happy to be working in the area of law that I love. 
um, dealing with some family stuff as well. But just try, just trying to push through, just trying to be positive, just trying to plan accordingly and just uh, be positive because we are in some really crazy times right now. And like everything bad that could happen is happening and it just gets more and more crazy by the day. So I'm just trying to uh, maintain my peace, maintain my silence. Uh, I know people have been asking me, because I know when we first started this podcast, like I was really heavy on relationships and talking about love and things of that. And people close to me have been comment saying things about um, me dating and me finding somebody and all of that. And I just want to make it very clear, Brianna is not dating or trying to find somebody like the literal world is on fire so my main priority is trying to navigate through that so I'm not really dating or like at least right now love is love and relationships and all of that that's the that's the last thing that's on my mind right now and also to be truthfully honest if a if a person or if a guy doesn't have a um, politic that is pro woman or pro trans, and then they're, they're not practicing that, then that's not somebody I'm going to be interested in. And that's just like I'm just very clear. If you are if you have a politic that does not um is not for the liberation of black trans women, and you're not saying it openly, which unfortunate, th- just the just the way statistics go, a lot of guys are like that. They want to. They 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 want to have sex with you, but they don't want to advocate for you. And it just mm-hmm. is what it is right now. Then that's mm-hmm. not somebody that I'm going to be interested in um, sharing space and um, sharing time with. And as things have become urgent in these recent times, I've become clear about who I am and what I will and will not tolerate. And I'm very clear about that now. So that kind of helped me to end like a lot of loose ends with people that I was dealing with a couple months ago that I thought I was in love with. Now I'm crystal clear that they were not invested in my liberation. But other than that, I'm here to I'm trying to I'm trying to get to the other side of election day. So I think I would think for our first topic, we were going to talk about some, so online, do you want, do you want to introduce it? <laughs> so about yesterday or a couple of days ago, a pitch. So there's a profile of this person that does personalized or specialized dolls. So this, I think his name on Facebook is like side dolls. So Apparently, he did a black trans woman Barbie doll. So I saw the pictures about, somebody sent me the pictures about two days ago or about a day ago. And (laughs) my first reaction was like, oh, somebody put the Ken doll up in drags with the black trans lives matter t-shirt. Like, the this is the start of a good idea that wasn't executed properly because like when you look at the doll you can clearly tell that this used to be a Ken doll and (laughs) and if I and in my personal opinion it just I don't know it just it looked lazy it just looked it just looked like a lazy like if we're going to do a trans doll like there even if you were going to use the Ken doll there were certain things you could have done to feminize the doll to make it look like 
oh, like this is a tra- like this is re- like this is the trans woman, like this is a trans woman doll, but the doll very it gave very much Ken up up in drags. Like that's what it gave to me. So I paid in no mind. So then I think like a day later, like it had caused like an uproar where some people were like really triggered by the doll. They said it was a try. But then other people on the other side were like, well, there are actually trans people in the community that look like this. So everybody doesn't need to be cis. And it's unfair to um, push these stereotypes onto a doll. And my like my my point of view is yes that's true, but when we're talking about dolls, like dolls are supposed to be like aspirational, and like because dolls are supposed to be like aspirational and fantasy. In my in my opinion, I still feel like there were things that the creator could have done to show that he took the time that he put the time and effort into making this a doll that everybody would want to aspire to be. Um, <laughs> and then what kind of like adds an assault to injury or muddies the waters is that he's done dolls of drag queens. That part, sis. That part, sis. He's done dolls of drag queens and the drag queens look way more feminine, with the makeup and the body and the cl- and like all you literally did was just take um, some jeans and a crop top and put them on a Ken doll with a, a blonde wig and said, "Oh, she's transgender, like black, tr- like in no shade, like what black trans woman like looks like, like if if you were going to be sincere in your intent." What like what at what point are we modeling this after an actual black trans woman? Well, that part too. Like, so sis, go ahead. I'm I'm gonna let you finish your thought because I have <laughs> like and then like it had like it had the doll had accessories and like I sis, what are your thoughts on the doll? So first of all, this doll. So when I how I encountered the doll was I saw someone put it up online. Now, mind you, the doll has a pre-transition photo that is being widely circulated with it. So it's not like we're confused that this is a Ken doll. That's not the part that bothers me because again, but there is absolutely no sign of transition on this damn doll, bitch. Like what wears me down about it is the lack of effort and the fact that they made her drill very cheap, very like she don't have a heel. We are known to be, now this is it. If you're going to play into the stereotypes, play into all of them. We're known to be with our makeup, and our outfits and the way we carry ourselves. If anything, we're known to be hyper feminine, flamboyant. And I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that all of the stereotypes have to be applied to community. And yes, there are some girls that look like that. But what I'm trying to say is, is that we work so hard to get society to see us as women. For you to just take a Ken doll and give him a crop top, and that was it. It wears me With out. No There's breasts. no sign of hormone use. There's no sign of breast growth. It's like, why there, couldn't one of the accessories be a syringe and a bottle of the Well, if you're going to eat rice, sis, because if you're like, going to carry, give me, let let one of the accessories be, uh, 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 even if, you, and, the, and the fact that the feet on this thing was so massive, like, <laughs> <laughs> like sis, give us a pump. Give us a pump. <laughs> give me some pads. Give us a wedge. Give her a padded bra. 
Like, girl, why couldn't one of the accessories be like a sofa with scissors attached? So she could mini cushion that we could. (laughs) So we could, so we could make our own pads to put. Why couldn't one of the accessories be stockings? Like, like, come on, like like, the accessories were a pair of shades, a laptop, and a cell phone. Like, and to me, that felt like a little bit low key of a read (laughs) 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 because it gave escort stars. Girl, it's like, did you mean to include Magnums as one of the accessories? Like, yes. Or... Like, the only thing they were missing was a gold wrapper, bitch. No, like, one of girl. the accessories, a dish. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, that's what it's <laughs> Bitch, that's what it gives. It gives, like, bare minimum. And it's like, <laughs> this is what you imagine when you imagine us getting killed. Accessories. <laughs> um, what you call it? Sheets. The senator when he was found in the <laughs> Girl, that's what it. That's what they want to imagine. But what's crazy is, is that then that they will use that image to represent us. But then when we get killed, they'll be like, he didn't know. What's this? Well, how you, if you see us as just men with a blonde wig on and a little blue eyeshadow and a crop top and some jeans? <laughs> That's all you see us as. Like, the outfit wasn't even stylish. No, that's what gagged me, bitch. It gave very, like, and it was, like, men's crop shirt. Like, the way this shirt was cut, bitch. It wasn't even, like, a fitted crop. Like, it gave, he cut his man t-shirt in half, bitch, and put on a wig and put on a little one finger of eye beat of blue and baited. Like, I was so over that. And right. Like, to, like, to me, it's just, the, it's just like, if you want to do it, just do it right and make it true to, like, just put some effort into it and you just taking a t-shirt and printing that logo on it and do, like that was the bare minimum and the laptop background had the black trans fist bitch right <laughs> but i don't know i mean every every all, we are all not the same we are all different everybody's entitled to feel how they want to feel however my thing is like what is your intention what what is your intention behind this what is your what is your intention behind this? If we don't, and I've seen like videos with doll with people that do like custom dolls. I've seen them take clay and mold hips onto the doll or mold breasts onto the like. If they gave was, that doll even half the consideration that they gave the the drag dolls, we would be happy. Right. But like, like, no, they didn't give that no consideration. I swear to you, and I bet the wig is removable. I bet that the wig is not even here. <laughs> That's how little effort. It didn't have no edges. Like, you know, like we're known to have be like good hairstylists, bitch. They didn't show it didn't showcase none of our bad attributes. Those arms, I don't even I didn't even know Ken's arms were that strong, sis. Like they really had her yeah, up. I just, I just like, felt like it was intentionally a key. And yeah. I don't I don't know. I, I just felt like and I'm not here to say that girls don't look like that but let's be let's be real like most of girls that probably look like that probably don't want to look like like they want something aspirational or no you know what and i'm gonna say this and then for the girls out there that feel like that represented them sis i'm it's i'm not reading you i'm reading the fact that they only see trans in one look and that this doll didn't even have the ability to be versatile because again the accessories were just the laptop cell phone and the frame bitch the accessories did not include a new outfit, a change of clothes, bitch. I mean, girl, to the point where I know that dolls don't have genitals, but I don't even think they would have let her be tucked 
like that's what it gave. <laughs> if they could have, girl, they would have let they would have had the balls there. Like that's what it gave. <laughs> it, it gave me. They wanted to do the barest of minimums so that no one would feel threatened by this doll. It's so important, and that's what's really fucked up, and that's what bothers me. It's the idea that in people's mind, transness is only acceptable if you can see it from the door. Right. It has to look a certain way. Otherwise, it's trickery. It's deception. Y'all are playing with us. You're trying to trick us. And I feel like that doll, the imagery of it just plays into that narrative that the, our experience is performative. And then if you take the wig off and you take the shirt off, guess what? The man. It's the It's just a man. Like that's what that's what it gave. Like if oh you could oh that it gave that's a man. Like somebody's like if you were to hold that doll up to a child, a young child, bitch, and you were to hold that doll up, and they would say that's a man. Like it gave like children can clock this doll. Oh right. Like, no, I, that's that's not what we, rep- and, and it's not saying that the girls that are quote unquote not passable aren't valued or valuable. I'm critiquing this doll and the lack of effort that it went into this transition for right. this doll. Yeah, to, to me. A lot like, of times the girls that don't have the access, it's not because they don't want to have access to face film and surgery. They and just surgery. don't have the, the access. So then why is it that your your imagery is the, the 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 perception of this good person isn't even somebody that has there's nothing about that doll that had any money it looked like from her cell phone and her laptop she's trying to get money but it didn't look like she had any money (laughs) she had no money she didn't have a pump and like that even pissed me off because if nothing else you can say and even to a flaw you can say that sometimes we're performatively film in our community she wasn't fierce at all there was nothing fierce At all, bitch. There was nothing fierce about her. And so, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It gave CD. Like, and that's not shading the anyone that identifies as a cross-dresser that lives in. It did. I didn't see myself in that door. I didn't. I, it didn't give daylight at all. Or full time. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't give hormones. Like you no, said, it, if they had a syringe in there, bitch, I would at least felt like she was on right. her journey. Or a prescription pad or something. A little pill bottle. A little, a little empty pill bottle. Girl, no shade. The accessories look like they should have gave a, um, a box of checks. So, um... <laughs> a, bo- a box of checks, a little black book. Yeah, a credit, co- a credit card <laughs> with somebody else's money, name girl. on it. <laughs> girl, was a fool, bitch. A court date summons. <laughs> A, a summons, <laughs> a bench warrant, bitch. <laughs> a probation agreement, bitch. Girl, a failure to appear notice, girl. <laughs> a halfway house assignment, Ooh, bitch. A shelter ladder. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, girl, a name change paperwork, like girl. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it shouldn't have had the name change because, girl, that's not even a girl. That's what it, <laughs> it should have given a original birth certificate. <laughs> like, a Walgreens bag full of receipts. <laughs> I mean, full of um, makeup with no receipts. <laughs> girl, a purse full of loose makeup. <laughs> girl. With the, bags, with, the, with, the, with the security card tag on them, bitch. A porno DVD, The Girls with the Secrets, <laughs> Volume <Harvey>. 6. 
<laughs> bitch featuring her girl. <laughs> I linked to her OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sir, you could have done better with this doll. Like yeah. the fact that we're able to pull so many keys off of this doll, like intracommunally. <laughs> and that so let me say this while there were some girls out there that were trying to like hold space <laughs> for girls that could <laughs> they were trying to hold space for girls that could have represented and I and no shade like I said shout out to all my bitches out there on the come up and we all start from somewhere and no shade right but they didn't have to make her a day one bitch they could right. <laughs> I don't want no dog that represents me in my day one either bitch that part because we work so hard, and a lot of times, the the effort that it takes to be this person was not shown in the way that doll that is all was. Period. It was not shown in the way that doll was designed, and that's why it's a read for us. Because what you won't do is just take a Ken doll, because that's not even what our tra- that's not even what our transition is about. No, like it's not just a Ken doll with a laptop and a, <laughs> and a unit from Love Me Hair. That's not what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Love Me Hair, girl, a unit from the corner store. <laughs> girl, bitch, it did, yeah, because you know she's synthetic. <laughs> you know? And not even to mention, like, the style, girl, it was, for those of you who out there, just Google trans doll, Barbie, or whatever, y'all let's see what we're talking about. And, like I said, this isn't Oh, no, I'll include a link to the picture in the, um, the, show, the show notes. Yes, girl. So, yeah, for those of you listening, please go and click on the link. And this is not to shade the artist. We don't want you to send him any hate speech or anything like that. Like, the goal is not for you to go and, like, attack anybody. And the goal is not for you to tag people you think look like her. Like... Like, it's the equivalent if they had, like, a black cis woman doll, and it's like, she got babies for accessories, she eating chicken and watermelon. Yes. her she hand got, is on, the doll has a move where the hand is just Right, running. like, it, get, it was very much that, in my with opinion. With a swivel neck, like, it came with a swivel neck. <laughs> right. Like, if it were a cis woman, and they took all of the stereotypes and put it in one thing, that's what we're upset about. The idea that they couldn't find the idea that they couldn't find no shoes for that baby better than them shoes they got her. Like it just was a mess. It was a mess.com. And I know that our community, we deserve better than that. Right. And it's not like that artist hasn't shown that deference to other people. RuPaul set this doll. And like a lot of a lot of the other drag queen dolls would have would have would have totally shut this doll down. It looked like this, it actually looks more like the drag dolls are trans girls. Right. And this is the drag queen. And right. that's why we're mad because this one showed the least amount of concern. Right. This is not custom. Don't call it custom. I could have did that at home. No shade. <laughs> yeah, all you had to do was just change the clothes, man. That's it. <laughs> that's all you had to do. That's it. They didn't even try to do no secondary sex characteristics. <laughs> me off, girl. No, that's what the blue eyeshadow was for. <laughs> Secondary sex Unless you know that it's full time. Right. So you can't wipe that off. Right. Bro, chop. It was a chop. So, going into our next topic, uh, I wanted to, I really wanted to um, bring this into to the room. So since I moved back to the DMV Baltimore area, I have a lot of, oh, and I'm originally from Baltimore. I have a lot of old guy, um, men from the Baltimore area that I, you know, had interactions with from back in the day that 
um, when they see that I have came back, they some of them have tried to rekindle some things or try. Of course, sure. They always want to come back to a good thing. Right, but for you know, for me, it it's I'm very clear. If you, I'm just very clear that it's just some people that I'm just not going there with again. So one of the one of the guys that has been trying to push up, trying to start something. I've run, I've run into him on some of the, the dating sites or whatever, and I clearly remember him from Baltimore, like way before I um, moved out of Baltimore. So what ended up, so basically he hit me up talking about he missed me and he wanted to see me and all of this stuff. And it's, it's definitely a clip for that. It's a shot for that. That'll never happen. So let's go to the backstory. This particular why is it not going to happen, sis? Like, this is where you need to listen, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so, so going to the backstory, this is somebody that we had a, a hookup type relationship. It was, it was never us dating or getting to know each other or stuff like that. It was a hookup situation. I would come to his house, we would have our time, and then I would leave. So I ended up I ended up ending that relationship because um, one of the last times that we had sex, he had stealthed me. So what is stealth? Stealthing stealthing is a form of rape, and it happens when um, somebody removes um, <coughs> during sex when somebody moves the condom without your consent. So basically, right. um, we were. So you consented to the encounter. Yeah, I consented to the encounter, protected. Right, and you with the understanding that it will be protected, and the person started the encounter protected. Right. Okay. So what ended up happening is the encounter started protected. Then I noticed something felt different, and I noticed that his genitalia was it was really erect and was able to stay hard. So instantly, I was like, something feels different. You know, turn around to verify. His his dick, no condom on the dick. The condom is smack dab on the floor. And he's like, oh, it came off. So instantly, I'm like, he's lying. Because, con- like, I'm not a young girl. I'm not a super girl. Condoms just don't come off like that. And even if it did, you would have stopped. I shouldn't have noticed it. It right. should have been immediately out of your yeah, mouth. You oh, shit, baby. But that, that didn't happen. So... I'm the type of person, I'm the type of girl, I have no problem ending a situation in the middle of it because that, you know, that's just, if I feel unsafe or I feel something is not right, my first inclination inclination is to get the hell up out of there. So when I tried to confront him on it and press him on it, he began to get violent with me. Not like put his hands on me, but just get verbally aggressive and like try to gaslight me that I was overreacting and this, that, and that, and I'm like, no, I'm very, I'm very clear. I really feel like you took this condom off without me knowing. Cause the fact that it was just sitting on the floor and you were like, you were really going in like, no ma'am. So that was, and that happened like a couple of years before I moved out of Baltimore, but that was the last time that we hooked up. And I, I would, when I would go home for like holidays or breaks, we would cross each other's paths and he would try to get at me like I didn't remember who he was or I didn't remember what happened. And ultimately, like nothing ever happened. So a couple of days ago, he hits me up and is like, oh, I miss you and I really want to see you. And I'm like, 
well, you don't miss me. We didn't have that type of relationship and you will never see me again. So then I basically tell him, you stealth me and that's literally rape. And he was, so his thing, his, after he denied it, he finally said, well, I took the condom off because I figured that if we had unprotected sex, it would make you want to be with me because I was trying to go with you. Oh my God, that makes it so much worse. I see why you didn't tell me this beforehand, sis. I was was like, what type of nigga logic is that? Like me, me, oh, me having sex with you unprotected would make me want to trust you. So that's why you took the condom off of my, like that, that literally makes no sense. I was like, that's rape. Um, that's why more so it's cold. It's so it's rape, and then the idea that he thought it was gonna, he it was intended to be a rape. It was intended for him to deny you the consent so he could force you into a coercive situation, bitch, against your will. Right. So after he says that, and I I tell him, I'm like that. That's rape because we did not talk about that. And then so then he goes from that to, well. I don't see how it's right because we already had sex a couple of times before. So if I want to have sex with you again without a condom, that's not a that shouldn't be a big deal. So at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to end this conversation. I'm going to block you. And now I'm really concerned for whoever that you're having sex with now because that's your mindset that you think you have the right to rape somebody. And that you're justified because you had consensual protected sex with them before. Like, that's really fucking scary. So I'm just going to go ahead and block you. Thank God I was able to come out of the situation. And, um, like, nothing, like, like, I didn't get any STDs or anything like that. Thank God for that. But, like, that's really scary to think that you're hooking up with people. And some of these guys have that type of mindset that, they like they can make those type of decisions on your behalf and that you're just supposed to ex- without you knowing but if you do find out you're just supposed to go along with it like See, and, and that's even deeper of a problem so sis i can identify with you 100 on that eons ago when i was when i was single and out there it was very much if i had it happened to me twice believe it or not and it wasn't until recently i was watching something on tv or something i think i was sitting with my husband and we were watching something on tv and i remember saying somebody saying that's rape oh it was that show with the girl I may from destroy chewing gum you. Huh? i may destroy you is that it the yeah. show with the girl from chewing gum yeah girl it wasn't until that show that i realized i had been sexually assaulted two more times than i really knew <laughs> because I did not think that that was rape because I didn't have the language to define it, but that's exactly how I felt when I realized. And the 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 first time the guy did it, I was able to immediately notice the shift and was able to reach back and feel nothing and stop the encounter. The second time, it wasn't until he came inside me. Mm-hmm. And after the encounter, it was, where's the condom? And he had thrown it. So he couldn't even play like, it was just on the floor. He had tossed it to another part of the house. Like, so then, bitch, as I'm like, well, where's the condom? Is it inside me? Like, you know, you having that moment, like, what the fuck did you just do with this condom? Girl, and so, like, as I'm, like, freaking out, and then I go to clean up, I see the condom, and it's been tossed behind the couch. And I was like, so no condom would just fall off and then go over across the room, bitch. Right. 
Like, so you did that on purpose. And I remember feeling so violated that I was getting emotional and I told him to get out of my house. And like, I I went through that whole, like for three months of me waiting from that date till I could get tested. And then me feeling like, I know, cause why would you do that if your goal wasn't to give me something? Like, that's how I felt in the moment. Like I felt like against my will, I had been exposed to the world from somebody that I trusted and they put me in a situation where now it was, it was, it was, and, and after that, I remember having a completely different, it felt just as weird and crazy as when I had gotten actually raped and the guy didn't use a condom. So then it was like, it, it put me in this situation where I just had a tr- distrust for men for a very long time. And I'm gonna keep it real. Like when I was single, I was after that, I wasn't, we weren't having penetrative sex unless like it was cool with you. Like we could cut up, we could have, we could, you know what I'm saying? Like I would still have my sessions, but like I would never, after that, I was really scared to trust a man for a very, very long time with penetrating me because I was like, there's no way that I can guarantee you won't try that on me again. And to be honest, I felt like in a weird way, it made me feel, and this is now, even now I'm being honest, it made me feel shame because I was like, well, it was, I felt like it was my fault for having sex with somebody I didn't know that well. And that wasn't my fault. And I know that now. And that's what I was able to see on that chewing gum show was I internalized something as my fault that somebody took my choice away from me. And for years, I just was like, oh, I was a stupid bitch. Mm-hmm. I was a stupid bitch. Like that's how I judged myself. And so I had shame around that incidences because I didn't, I could not process that it wasn't my fault. And that show, um, 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 what's the name I of the show? I May Destroy You. I May Destroy You. Mm-hmm. That show really, really make, really brings it home how a woman's right to choose, even how you have sex with her, is a part of consent. And you can't, because I've consented to have sex with you, does not mean I consent to have unprotected sex with you. Because... Right. When NATO women, we know that that would be because we know that that could that could that could that could lead to pregnancy on top of all of the STDs and all of that. But even for trans people, it because a lot of times we're we're having sex with you and we're taking a risk to have unprotected or excuse me protected sex and we're giving you access to our bodies. A lot of times, people, men in particular, will think that because pregnancy can't happen, then we can that take okay. right. We could just take this risk and nothing's gonna happen because you ain't burning, not realizing that your burn, your, you, your being able to perceive whether or not you have an STD has no bearing. You could have no STDs and I could still not want to fuck you raw. And that's my right. Right. And like, I feel like a lot of guys don't understand that. So I'm glad we're talking about stealthing today. I did not know the name until you said it, but I'm glad that we're talking about stealthing because that shit will fuck up your whole no, I, ha- I literally could not trust a man sexually after that. Because- no, it had it happened to me twice too. So I think when it happened with that guy that was the second time, uh-huh. the first the first time it happened to me, I didn't know again until the guy came inside of me. And then like it's a feeling you never forget. And like literally, like it impacts how I have sex today because like even when I engage, when I want to bottom or I let the guy um, penetrate me, I'm even in my most comfortable with the person I feel most comfortable with. I'm still, I still need to be very sure from the time that we engage in sex to the time that you finish. I need to make sure that the condom is still on. Like, like it's like it's very to the point it's, where there's like that constant reach back feeling. 
it's even to the point where even after the session is over, like I'm still replying, like, did he have the condom on? Did he take it? Like, let me see it. Let me right. Let me see. It. Let me touch. Like, all the lights need to be on. Like, even and I'm I've recently within the past year or two been able to have fun when I have sex, but even still, when I'm the person that is the bottom. You know, I still have to be on guard because I know at any point, especially dealing with uh, men, whether they be cis or queer or anything, I know that there's a fine line. And I also know that communication is key. And going in, I have to communicate everything because I don't want there to be no gray areas. I don't want there to be no surprises. So um, I also want to say this also. So I've had another incident where a guy was trying to get me to have sex with him. Well, not oral sex with him. And he kept wanting to turn the lights off and be in the dark. Yeah, and I, I was like, yeah, I don't no, do lights off. No, no, hell no, hell no. And he kept saying, why we need light? Why we need lights? Turn the light off, turn the light off. And he kept trying to like do the head push down to his crotch area. And something in my spirit, I, 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 I want to say it was my ancestors was like, turn the light on. <laughs> don't do it. And when I turned that light on, he had a visible cheesy discharge. He went to go. So then afterwards, I was like, what's that? He was like, oh, no, 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 no. He was like, uh, I'm just horny. I'm just horny, but it's yellow. I'm confused. It was like a deep yellowy, greeny kind of color. And I was like, no, I don't, what no, the fuck is that? No. And he was like, it was like, not you, you know, like it was like, no. It was like, and it was constant. It was kind of like, kind of oozing out. And I remember him going to the bathroom and then I heard him make this like wincing sound to pee. And I was immediately horrified. Of course, I, we did not have the encounter. I kicked him out, cursed him out, threw him out, like didn't even let him fully dress. I, when he, like I acted so bad and was like, I'm calling the cops. Like I acted so bad. He left without his shoes on. Like I threw his shoes out after him. Like you don't get the fuck out of my house. And I just remember like, that was another incident where I was like, you have to be careful. So this is all for my young trans girls out here. Hopefully if you're well, older, even the older ones too. I was sure. going to say, hopefully if you're older, you've been through the stunt. But if you haven't, girl, let me just put it in your word. Everybody out here that wants to fuck you don't give a shit about you. Right. And you have to You have to protect yourself. Yes, you have to look out for yourself. Out of my mouth. You even, even if it's to the point where dudes don't want to have sex with you because you're asking too many questions or you let them go let them go if i can't ask you about your sexual history if i can't ask you when your last test was if you don't have a clear answer if i can't ask you what this bump is right here man what you talking about that's a hair bump no well then i just i want to abstain literally i'll never forget now this is a hilarious moment so me and my girl you know what it is back in the day girl when you would when you at like, cause there's a, there was, a, I know at least here in Atlanta, there's a boy B and a girl B mm-hmm. like, for the stroll. Right. Like it's, it's, it's a, they're around the corner from each other. When I say girls, I mean like in Midtown, there's like an area where the boys have their little area where they're like the, the, the male trade quote unquote is that is selling dick. And then you'll have, and these are the men that are a lot of times gay for pay. They'll have a wife or kids or family at home, but they're walking the streets with their meat out because they want somebody to, to do something with them or they're advertising. It's, the, the, it's the same way in Baltimore. We have two trans strolls and then it's a boy's stroll that they call the meat rack. Bitch. 
So <laughs> in our club, the boy beat is like uh, in Atlanta. It's not far from Bulldogs. And if you know about Atlanta, you know that's like the very popular club for the tradie boys. And it's not a and it, it has a certain persona about it. So anyway. Those of you in Atlanta, you know what I'm talking about, girl. I'm not talking about 4th Street. That's the girl beat. I'm talking about down. You know what I'm talking about. Close to the 10th. <laughs> That's where the boy beat is. And I just, so this man walked up to uh, me and my girl, and he pulled, and you know, I had a girlfriend that was like one of those girls. We kind of would live for them pulling it out, just so we could just see and be uh, just, just driving. Like, particularly at night, we used to like drive around and just like socialize because the girl beat is around the corner and we're going to socialize with the girls so bitch afterwards we'll ride through the boy beat to see what trade is out and this man walked up to the car and pulled his meat out and my girl and i clocked it immediately i was like wait and i remember looking at his dick and seeing that he had a lesion that's the only way it can be described bitch he had a lesion on his balls like to the point where it looked like a raw pussy wound, like a shankroid, like a, <laughs> like those STDs that they show you in T, like mm-hmm. on the to scare you, bitch. And his it was like right back, like his dick was halfway laying on it, but you could see the ball sack had like a red, just angry thing. And I remember saying, "Wait, let me see it again," just so my girl could clock, because she know I wasn't the girl that was like bold to talk to the trade. I would just be like looking, but she was the ball that was bold. But this time I was like, "Let me see your wait, hold on, pull that back out again." Because he's, mind you, he's shaking it at us trying to get us to purchase his wares. And he pulled it back out, sis, and she gagged. And we, we <laughs> she gagged. And he was like, oh, what the fuck? And as we fell out laughing, he was like, man, fuck y'all, and walked off like it was nothing. And I, I just, those are the kind of trades that you, they don't give a fuck. They know they have some shit. Like, the guy that tried to give me some shit in my throat. Like, they know they have some shit. And they just they just want to get off and they don't give a fuck. And they think that because we're a community, they already as a community, they perceive us as dirty. No right. shade. They perceive us as dirty. They think that we already have everything. So then bitch, if you so then they so if they have everything and we have everything, <laughs> then bitch, this is a low stress encounter. Not realizing you're even if we even if I did have everything, you're gonna make me sicker with the shit you have. You right. see what I'm saying? Like, so then why, why are you even putting me at risk? So for the girls out there, young or old, know that you have to inspect all parts of the genitals where you put your mouth or anything on you or near you. Know that when they're trying to get you to cut the lights off, it's a reason, okay? Like, you have and to- And if it isn't an STD, they probably anti-trans or anti-fed or something. Like, I need the lights on because like, I'm a visual girl. I like to see everything, so- Anytime the lights go, go off, it raises several flags that you're not you're not comfortable with something. It gives me you can rob me, T. Right, right. No, we're not cutting this light off for you to get fierce, bitch. Especially in my house where I pay the electricity. No, man. No, you don't have say in here. And don't do out calls. That's just the advice that I'm gonna give. <laughs> Unless it's at a hotel where you're where the room is purchased and you're there first. Like, don't don't put yourself in a situation where. Y'all are going, y'all are in Trey's space where they can really, because think about if you were at his house and he turned up. See, at least you had the power in your situation for you to tell that man and to fuck you and then to never speak. But the shade is, it could have went left because I was at his house. Like, it could have, it could have went left. Oh, wow. I'm so glad you got out of there. Yeah, I'm glad I got out of there too. You know, I think because I'm a bigger girl, 
Like, not to say that I'm in, but like, violence can't happen to me, but I think niggas have to think twice if they really want to <laughs> yeah, rumble with me. Because I'm not a smaller girl, I think you have to think twice whether you want to carry with me. And even in his yelling and stuff, I was, it, we would have had to, um, he was aware. He was aware that it would have been a, a, rumble, a, a battle royale, bitch. Because one thing is, is you're not going to get me. And one thing, now that I know you don't respect me, it's like, I know that this is the only way this can go is to blow, so let me just get the fuck out of here. And the crazy thing is, he was somebody that I had cut up with so many times before, and it was never a problem. So, And that's usually how they get you. It, they'll, they'll pick the time to turn it, to get you comfortable and get you used to. So, like, the fact that he did that gagged me, but I was just like, no, like, no, we don't, like, we're not in a relationship. I don't know you like that. I'm like, let's be clear. I'm coming over here like at one and two in the morning. We don't have that type of like bond or we're getting like, this is not. This so is the not mental manipulation was him hitting you back up, sis, and saying he missed you. And then when you had the conversation with him, his logic was, I took the condom off so we will be closer. No. No. Not at two in the morning, sweetie. Off. And now I know you're a, you're a predator because that's predator teeth. Right. Like, I'm going to prey on you. I know you're vulnerable, but if I put you in this risky situation, you may feel compelled to stay with me because now we've had unprotected sex. And, and because you're you're trans and you can't get nothing else and this is the best you could do. That, all of that. It's like, girl, you, you were late Baltimore train. Like, that, like, no. That, that I would, and by the time we started... Like it, it gives very much like, I'm a tr- in a weird way, Whatever he was trying to do, and like I said, I felt like the guy that did it to me was trying to give me something. Mm. Um, and and sometimes, and let's be real, let's not act like the, the that 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 the trade and some of these transamorous men aren't aren't purposely giving the girls things to think that that's gonna bond them together. Right, like it right. does happen. I have I have loved ones that I love dearly that got HIV from a man that did not tell them on purpose knowing that he was positive because he thought that that would bring that would force her to be with him because now who gonna want you right i thank god that my girlfriends had better self-esteem than that but there are niggas out here trying to trap so for those of you stealthing is what it's called when trade takes off the condom and it subjects you to an encounter that is now rape because you have not consented to unprotected sex Right. Just remember that going forward yeah it's a rape like that that and i think that's why i wanted to bring up the topic just to show that hey, bitch, I've been through it too. And like, even as a single woman, I still have to um, be on my P's and Q's because just because I have an intention doesn't mean that that other person has the same intention. And for those men out there that are like, that's not rape, it's the same as I wanted to have sex with you and we went up to your room and you slipped something in my drink that I didn't know about so you can have your way with me. And even though I consented to sex, I didn't consent it to being drugged. You see what I'm saying? It's after I've consented to one thing and you take my right to consent to the next thing that you've now put my life at risk and I no longer am in control of my body. That is rape. Because rape is about control. It's not necessarily about sex. And so for those men out there that have done that in the past, because I know it's some men out there we're hitting with this. There are some men that actually think that they're advocates. There are some men that actually think that they're trans amorous and they love the girls that have put a girl in this situation and we want you to know it was rape. So that then now you can do the work of healing yourself inside and actually doing whatever you need to do to atone for what you did to whoever you did it to. Because 
you need to tell every anytime the scenario shifts, the conversation needs to happen. And the idea that he didn't even just give me the respect of saying, hey, let me do this real fast. And and the stereotype for a lot of people that are that are uh, that are HIV positive and are dealing with other STDs is that you were risky, that mm-hmm. you were risky that you didn't do what you were supposed to do to protect yourself. And what we're saying here is that's not always the case. You can get got and have all the condoms at your house and have made the trade, put a condom on and you still can get got. Right. So ladies just, you know, I, I put my story out there as a cautionary tale that bitch, it can happen to you and just be, um, really make sure, uh, whether you're single or whether you're in a relationship, just, you know, make sure that you are um, having the type of sex that you want to have that feels comfortable for you and make sure that you're you're with partners that respect your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to try to gaslight you or force you to make um, a decision that's beneficial to them because you don't know, you know, you don't want to have any regrets. So. Mm-hmm. Moving on, so I guess we're going to get into a little bit of the heavier stuff. Um, so we got to talk about RBJ um, passing Justice Ginsburg. Um, she passed like about a week ago at this point. That's in heaven. Very, uh, very uh, a Supreme Court justice that was very influential, very powerful, um, opened a lot of doors for women, advocated a lot for um, women who's created a legacy um, that has inspired me. And did she did she get everything right on the Supreme Court? No, because she you know she had a couple of rulings in relation to like um, police misconduct and um, indigenous people that were kind of questionable. But you know n- nobody is perfect. We are all complex. Um, we all don't get it right, but for the things that she did get right, she was definitely an advocate for women. She was definitely an advocate uh, for Black people on some cases. She was definitely an advocate for LGBTQ folks. Um, She will be missed. Um, And for those of you who are listening right now and you're wondering, well, how does this relate to me? So we have a president right now. So to bring it back, when Obama was in office, a similar situation happened where a Supreme Court justice retired um, or left the bench um, around the end of his um, around the end. I think it was like six. No, months. he died. Oh, he actually passed. Okay, so he passed in the same. So it was the exact same scenario where a, a Supreme Court justice passed, and our president would have had the constitutional right to be able to appoint somebody, and Congress blocked him. The Senate blocked him because they re- they just didn't they they felt like because he was at the end of his term that he shouldn't have had the ability to do that and they you exercised their rights and laws and checks and balances or whatever to deny him. Now we're in a situation where this president and the Senate, the Republican Senate that had that he has in this Trump mentality is that we're going to do everything we can to get our values passed. And he's had the opportunity to appoint more federal judges than any other president. So he's already changed for for the foreseeable future, the landscape of some of these federal benches and these federal jurisdictions that make decisions based on, make decisions on our lives. 
So then now for it to be another Supreme Court justice and the way it's balanced right now, it was a very precarious balance between conservative and liberal on the bench, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right? Mm -hmm. And so with him being now able to, you know, get the get such a senior justice position filled by somebody that that can just do whatever. We're now going to see that if some of these cases were to have come when she wasn't on the bench and like even if just this last ruling about employment, if this were to come to a bench that were just modeled just a little bit differently with judges that were a bit more conservative, we may not have had the right to go to work and not be discriminated against. Right. And so for those of you out there who are saying, well, how does this apply to me? Well, this man now. This, this man that has proven, our president has proven, he has the inability to manage this country, to make sound decisions, to make logical decisions, to be able to communicate, to be able to do anything that will give you the, the ability to feel confident with him in the office, is now making a decision that will impact him, long, that will impact the world long after he's gone. And we should all be very, very, um, tre we should have trepidation. I'm not saying necessarily we should be in fear, but we should definitely have trepidation because the the laws are not being you or the rules are not being applied evenly because when it was a black president it was the problem now with him it's like the go ahead and yeah they're trying to rush to get her and they are rushing this denomination to get this 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 person in now what do you know of the candidates um all i know about her is that like she's really young I know she's got Haitian children, right? Yeah, she has adopted children. She's super religious. Uh, there's a concern of her that she's not able to separate um, church from state um, because she's so religious. And people are concerned that um, should she be confirmed, that will inevitably make the Supreme Court more conservative-leaning. And people are concerned that they're definitely going to try to overturn Roe v. Wade. They're going Which to try um, the the constitutional right to um, access an abortion, which has already, which has been, which people have been trying to gut since it's been passed. But um, they're worried about them overturning that. They're worried about folks are worried about um, them invalidating Obamacare. Um, folks are worried about her trying to overturn marriage equality. So it's a, it's a lot of, it's just ironic that when these, when you have a progressive Supreme Court justice that dies, mm -hmm. that you pick another woman who benefited from somebody like RBJ, Ooh, but, to, but totally is using her access to shut those same doors for other women and other minorities to get through. Um, and it, it's kind of the same thing when um, Justice um, Thurgood Marshall died and then they appointed um, um, Justice Thomas, Clarence Thomas. Yeah, and also it goes back to the conversation of how um, we need more than symbols. We need more than representation. Like just because we have a woman justice, what does that really mean? Just because we have a, a black person with power, what does that really mean? Just even believing a black woman being the VP, what does that mean? Yeah, just because or even it even bleeds over into the Breonna Taylor situation. Just because we just because Kentucky has its first black attorney general, what did what does that really mean? What are their values? What are their politics? What are they doing to keep open the legacy of the person? that preceded them and, and opened the doors for them. So 
your skin folk is not always your kin folk. And if y'all, and if you can't, and if for those of you who wonder, who have, may have had doubts about whether or not, you know, just because somebody votes for you, the Breonna Taylor case should really, really be frightening to you. And I think this is a great segue into that. Yeah, so I guess before we segue into it, like, rest in power to RBJ. Yeah. I hate that they're appointing somebody that's kind of like a slap in the face to the your legacy and everything that you stand for. Um, I'm somebody that tries to be optimistic. My hope is that, you know, should she be confirmed and if the election, you know, goes the way that we all are hoping that it goes, hopefully Congress can add more seats to the Supreme Court to kind of dilute that conservative um, voting block and hopefully put some more women of color, Black women, um, Black progressive men on the bench to kind of, um, so we can get that that representation. Mm -hmm. So rest in power to Ruth Bader um, Ginsburg. So let, let's just go to the the Breonna Taylor um, situation, the, the non-decision. Uh, I'm going to be honest, that them not charging those police officers for her murder really impacted me. It really affected me. One, because no shade, I see a lot of myself in Breonna Taylor. Like, she, especially with her and her boyfriend, like, she takes me back to a time where that was the type of man that I dated or I was around and I don't know, it made me feel like I could have been her because like a lot of times us as black women, we get with these like hood, banshee kind of men and we don't know, like we don't know what is really going on with them. And also we don't know how that could, that could impact us because well, originally- feel like her boyfriend or at least his, Lifestyle may have had something to do with it because I, I I feel like at a certain point, like I don't know. So I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say that he just in general. I just don't feel like I want it better for her in life. Like no shade, and like and that's not judging her boyfriend. That's not judging the situation. But I think all of us have been in love with people that for whatever reason they have a lot of things going on in their lives a lot right. of other parts of the, all the pieces and factors and backstory and criminal backgrounds and things that we're accepting and i feel like sometimes you can inadvertently be a casualty in something that wasn't meant for you right and not saying that he had anything to do with with it not in, in, anything to do with them picking the wrong house right and going and put, put her in that situation, you know, we're not saying that he wasn't right to think it was an intruder and to shoot after the intruder. However, we can say that there, that, that may not have been the best area for her to live in. We can say that she, um, from the way, the fact, from the way that it's been told, she was the one that had like the more stable income and the job that was probably paying for everything. And it's just unfortunate that a lot of black women are in situations where, we, we want to love, we have spouses in our lives and we're supportive, but at the end of the day, when the rubber hits the road, because of who she was with and where she was at and where she's dating and, and, and the perception that people have around people of a certain socioeconomic background and, and a certain race, that she ended up being killed. And it's like, I, I don't know, 
necessarily if if it weren't for George Floyd and would it would this have even come out because I don't even know what her people were doing or whatever. And I'm, I'm sure that there were people advocating for her, but it's just even more problematic for me was it took so long for it to even become an issue in community, but then not enough black men even were even trying to like gaslight it. Yeah. They were late to the party. They were late to the party, bringing it up. And then we have a black man who did not value her life enough to even want to see them be charged. Like, that's another layer. Like, the idea that this black man DA did not see in her someone he felt worthy of protecting, even after death. We know that mistakes happen because y'all went to the wrong house looking for a motherfucker y'all already had. So, in custody. So, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? And I never did get the story. Did the husband know the guy that they were looking for? I don't, yeah, I don't know anything about that. See, that also could be some tease. Like, I don't know what made them come to their house looking for this man, but the point of the matter is, and, and this is not to put nothing on her fiance even, but black men in general have to do better about protecting us even after we're passed to make sure we get justice. Because the way, even the statement that he gave the DA, the black man DA, he did, I, I refuse to say his name because I want to gas, I don't want to give him no light, girl. But... <laughs> That I just felt like it was just so dismissive of her as an experience, and it was really like him trying to make a political move to align himself with the powers that be. Well, yeah, yeah, my yeah, my my thing is never to blame the guy and point blank period. He's not the cause of why the police did what they did. The police right. were wrong. For me, I just wanted to paint the picture just how black women and this includes black trans women, a lot of times we're in danger because of how we are associated with men. For real. Because from what I know, she, you know, was college educated and she worked, she had a career, but because of, you know, because of her association, it put her that much in danger. And like I said, I see myself in that because bitch, I've been in situations like that. I was dating people when I was college educated that, you know, was still in the streets and doing that in a third. And because I thought it was cunt for me to be with this, with this hood piece of trade and I thought it made me look more woman or it validated my womanhood, I went along with it, not even knowing the world of danger that I probably could have been, been putting myself into. But even beyond that, to, to me, it just made it sad because it's just like, no matter like how much you, on the one end, it's like no matter how much you accomplish or no matter how much of a regular life you try to, to live and just be like, just have a simple life, it, that in the end, whether you're too big or whether you're too regular, in the end, that won't save you. Because once they kill you and once they murder you, you're disposable. And nobody cares about your life and nobody, you know, the system is not going to work to try to bring you justice. That's not how the system is designed. So it's just sad that somebody that you could tell were just motivated by the simple things in life, like family and, you know, having a career that they like. And a career that where you work side by side next to police officers, probably the same police officers or the same police force that ultimately is responsible for your murder. 
Isn't like, that crazy? Yeah, to to think that that that's how your life um went, and the fact that you have this black man in this um historic position, and that this man let his anti-blackness fuel how he's went about um, prosecuting this case or the lack thereof prosecution of this case is really scary. And then to find out that he has ties to Mitch McConnell in Congress and he was, he's been personally mentored by Mitch McConnell throughout his legal career. It's just, it's just sad. It's just, but the thing is the system, the way it's set up was never going to give Brianna's, Brianna's family the justice that they needed or the justice that we wanted to see. Because she, you know, she is a black woman, she is disposable, and the system worked is working overtime, is reinforced to protect these cops. So it's just it's just really we sad. also it's talk about so now this is additional interesting dynamics, sis, and I want to add this into the space because I really want to know what you think about this. I don't support the people that are attacking the family for taking the large settlement. So apparently um, there's allegedly around $12 million that was given to her family before they made these charges. They settled with the family. And from what I know of these cases, just from even seeing behind the scenes, um, usually the, the, the city is in these situations like this, they're trying to minimize the award as much as possible that they give to families. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because of the attention that media was given, because they felt like they knew they were going to pull this, and to it, and when a lot of times when you get money, there's a clause that says you won't say nothing. Like you sign non-disclosures and all kinds of um, waivers to get this money as a part of the settlement. So I feel like in a weird way, the twelve million was given to them to kind of silence them before they issued this verdict, because. I honestly think that they knew in advance that they were going to try it. And while I support the family, because in their lives, they would have never saw $12 million working regular job. You see what I'm saying? Her mother would never have seen that money working a regular job. The problem that I have with that, though, is, um, and this is not shade to her mom, but I think that I, I, I want to call that out and name it now publicly because I don't want that to become the trend that in these cases you throw money at the victim's family to silence them and then we can do whatever. And so while I don't think that the family should be judged, because again, I'm not turning down 12 million. Just keeping it a hundred, bitch. Like, I don't know when I'm gonna ever see that kind of money again. And not that I and I know that I'm not gonna get justice for my child if I look at the system and how it's been set up. So even if there's no guarantee that those people would have been convicted, but for them not to be charged is really shady. And it just speaks to the world we live in. But I think people people have to understand that it's a it's a difference between civil and criminal. Right. So just because so just because they got that much money civilly didn't mean that criminally the attorney general shouldn't have done what he was supposed to do in that in that particular situation. And um I think I think we I think folks have to stop judging people for taking money as a result of a civil civil litigation process. Exactly. Because like you said, like I would take the money if that if I was in that situation. It's no it's no shame. But that, that just because I take the money doesn't mean that I want the officers to be held um criminally liable, which they should be. Exactly. And and I think because they know that that's how the world views those kinds of things, I feel like 
I feel like that they did that on purpose because in the world and especially in the community that no one, especially in a community where most black people have a negative net worth, that's a lot of money. And for a lot of people that was uh, for a lot of people, they feel like, Oh, well they took the money. So why should we be upset? And not realizing that doesn't change that a black woman was killed. It doesn't change that now the police have no accountability for it. It does not change that on the record books, this is a non-chargeable situation. And that sets a precedent for later how these things will be addressed. Do you think that those Louisville police will have any incentive to make improvements and changes? Not really, not for real, because at a certain point, we know we're exempt from prosecution. We know that as long as this man is in place, we could do whatever. So I would be fearful and be trying to get the fuck out of there if I could, if I lived there. And hopefully Brianna's, I mean, I'm, yeah, Brianna's mom. Oh, yeah, I do share the same name too. So girl, I bet you could see. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, okay. But um, yeah, I, 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 hopefully Brianna's mom is able to, to, um, to get peace and move out of that place and not be affiliated with that no more. And hopefully that this doesn't stop her social justice fight. I don't know what kind of, again, non-disclosures or in, you know, or whatever she had to sign to be able to get the money, but hopefully it was liberal enough where she well, was Well, part of the, um, the agreement was that the police department committed to making all of these institutional changes. I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, they told her it would, and yeah. I yeah, I think that's what she said in her statement. Like, but the goal, like, while I took this money, I was able to get these changes, and so then that's that. You know, but I mean? think if people really knew how much taxpayers' money their police part departments nationwide are paying to settle civil suits in reference to like police misconduct. Like that paying way more than just a twelve million dollar. Like no shade, twelve million dollars might seem like a lot of money to us, but to these police um departments With and these city dollars, governments, it's literally a drop. It's a drop in the bucket compared to what they're paying out annually for police yeah. misconduct cases. Yes, I saw where the NYPD has a bill has more than a billion dollars in their budget for the police. Right. Like so they can settle these suits. So then think about what 12 million is when your budget is a billion. Right. It's nothing. But which is why we're advocating to defund the police, which is why we're advocating to um take power away from the fraternal order of police because they have they had like they have too much power to um navigate the system so that we're only supposed to be satisfied with a a, a million dollar sum. I know here in Atlanta, after the um, mayor fired the officers that killed um, the gentleman that was killed here in Atlanta at the at the at the fast food restaurant for falling asleep. Um, after the police after the police killed him, some of the officers um, were fired, and there were and there were officers that in the middle of the crisis of you know them needing to do crowd control because of protests. They were refusing to come in and were jamming up the system. People were not being able to get um, police officers to come to their house in a timely manner because the officers were calling off their shifts. The Fraternal Order Police decided that they were going to protest. And so they were calling off their shifts and putting us in a jam here in Atlanta because they were mad about um, them, those officers being fired because in their mind, you know, the, the, the mayor violated their little blue code that they have that law enforcement looks out for law enforcement that we are against them 
And so the idea that she fired these officers, just fired them, was too much for these officers. And they were calling off shifts. And what was really gagging was to see the officers that were black and LGBT and whatever, like not like like feeling like because they're officers that that is the that's a brotherhood that's stronger than their community relations, and that's really what it boils down to is that like you say this fraternal order of police officers that that organization and the way that they police and the way that they protect bad apples is the problem. We're not saying y'all can't have an organization where y'all support one another, but if the organization that's supposed to be supportive is allowing people to get away with injustice and allowing people to violate police policy and you're actively helping them conceal, change the way they write their, their reports, you're actively you know, advocating for them to get all these extra benefit of the doubts that you're not giving to the people that they're killing and hurting and the communities that they're hurting. That's where it becomes a problem to me. When you being blue, when blue lives matter, when blue is just a job, blue is not a person. That's when you have lost me. It's when your job means more to you than the community you're supposed to be protecting. Yeah, so. Uh, shout out to Breonna Taylor, rest in heaven. Shout out to our family. Shout out to the, one of the jurors from the grand jury that filed a motion to get the, 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 dep- the transcripts released so we can actually hear what was actually said in the, the grand jury testimonies. So shout out to that person. Is that, do you think that that um, request will be honored? Um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they're going to fight it, of course. I mean, they're going to fight it, but if, if somebody from the jury, because apparently they're doing it to go against what the attorney general said about the grand jury proceedings, which which they're saying allegedly was a lie. And that's why they want the, the, the transcripts to come out to it so the public can see what was actually said. Oh, but you know they're going to try to fight to keep that sale. But no, we need to hear. We need to hear because at the end of the day, grand jury or not, the the attorney general still has the discretion to charge. That part. That part. And the idea that he's not going to is just really scary. That we live in a world where we don't even have to, we're not even going to let the crime be be adjudicated in court. Like, nah. It's, it's not, it's, you didn't do anything wrong. Right. That's gagging to me. And that, and that actual person is dead and nobody is trying to... It's, it's, it's just scary because it could literally be any one of us. Yes. Any one of us. And think about how many Black women work essential worker jobs. Girl. Work essential... Like, it could literally be any one of us. Any one of us. And it wouldn't even matter. All the work you have done in community, all of this, the lives that she saved... None of that mattered then. No, no, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So going to our next topic, well, our probably our last topic, the whole the Megan Thee Stallion, um, what's his name, Tory Lanez um, saga. First of all, shout out to Megan Thee Stallion. We support Black women on this platform. We believe Black women on this platform. Um, right. So Tory believe. Instead of instead of addressing the um him allegedly shooting Megan Thee Stallion, Tory decided to capitalize off of the hoopla by releasing an album where all of the songs were either dedicated to gaslighting Megan Thee Stallion or calling out people that publicly supported Megan Thee Stallion. I I am very clear 
I was not listening to the album. I was not supporting him. I was not getting him listens. At this point, I really don't care about his side of the story. Um, The fact that people, the fact that people were supporting the album and saying, well, you know, the music was good, so, and the beats was good, and I'm like, that's and besides the... Also, women, and girl, women say, oh, well, if she's not protecting herself, why should we protect her? Right. Not realizing that there, that, that same woman would then be judged and vilified in community, particularly in hip-hop, for being a snitch if she did tell her truth. So it's damn if you do, damn if you don't as a black woman, because as a black woman, your job is to uphold black men at all costs, even at the expense of you getting shot in your fucking foot. And and then on the flip side, because I did not, because I did support him and I did not tell, and she actually stated that that, so I'm not making any assumptions in her, she said she was trying to protect him. She was trying not to cooperate. She was trying to adhere to a street code that does not protect black women. No. In return, this man is putting out an album because he got it. He's not even addressing it like I'm going to address it as a real thing. I'm going to use this as a money-making opportunity. And in this money-making opportunity... Because I'm, I'm gonna probably never going to make any money again, so you might as well go out with a bang. That part. Because now you're going to at least want to hear my side of the story. And so what I'm going to do is use this as an opportunity for you for, to say to, to, to trash this black woman and to say she's a liar and she set you up. I hope it's like, sir, who, who are you to be set up? Like, no, like you had a little buzz, but wasn't nobody really checking for you? Can she sue him for 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 slandering her name like that for saying? Because now you have to prove that I set you up, bitch. If you're gonna say, I, I mean, you. she could, but but it's not in the in the grand scheme of things, it's not worth it. Because even I believe that even with the people like blatantly. Um, perpetuating misogynoir and transphobia and sexism against Megan the Stallion. I feel like Megan the Stallion um, star has risen. And I feel like overall people are on Megan's side. And I feel like overall people want to see her win and to see her overcome this unfortunate situation. And so I guess by her focusing on it too much, it would make the story about, that would be her story. Right. Well, okay, so let me say this. Now, what do you think about her being the Times' most influential person? And I, I put on my Facebook page, I knew somewhere when I saw that, I was like, I know somewhere there's a hotel tearing that I dare dashiki and rage. Well, I think I think it's fitting. Get, like, even take away the shooting or whatever. She's had a very fab year. Like, two number one singles. The whole movement last summer. Right. The hot girl summer. Yeah, like, she really was able to step her game up from the exposure that she got last year. And um, just her brand of, like, black feminism or hood feminism or trap feminism. And let's put the shooting back in. This um, conversation that we're having about how massage noir is pervasive in the hip-hop culture and how it specifically impacts black women along with the same year that we had the on the record documentary come out talking about black women in hip-hop culture i really think that um on all sides she's bringing a lot of conversations to the forefront um mainly just how we treat black women in hip-hop and even somebody that's at the top of her game and like that is on the rise of her career and somebody that's crossing over that you can be this popular and niggas still hate you because you're a powerful black woman 
Well, that's what's interesting too, is the amount of black men that are attacking Megan based on her lyrics of women empowerment. The idea, the black men that had a problem with WAP, the black men that had a problem with her albums, um, her, or she doesn't call them albums, she calls them projects, but her, uh, cause you know, she, I don't know what that's about, but that's, that's another conversation. But um, her project, um, Tina Snow, the people that had a problem with her talking about- Hot Girl Summer. Yes, or, or, or Hot Girl Summer. Like the, there's a segment of men in our community that are upset at the idea that women aren't knowing their place anymore. And they see Megan as a, as an example of wayward youth who think that they who think that they should they should be able to talk to talk to men any kind of way that think that they should be empowered that feel like that they should have a say in how their relationships pay out and how they're treated and if, if you really listen to her lyrics while some of them could be what somebody what some could consider um, sexually promiscuous or raunchy or whatever like at the end of the day she has a right as a woman to express her sexuality and her opinion in the way she wants. She has a right to, to, to demand and say things, of, say things to men in the same way that they do us. Because no one is talking about Snoop Dogg and his lyrics. No one is talking about Dr. Dre and 50 Cent. And or all even like Lil Baby and the Baby The Baby and, and how they talk about face. And like no one's talking about those things. But when a woman dares to have a sexuality, it is something that is frowned upon. And so then I feel like Meg being the most influential woman is just a, just a, I think it is a, a very progressive step forward. And I'm glad that like the time has been one of those provocations that don't give a damn. Just like how, when they put um, Laverne on the cover that upset a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that they are, or they, they actually know what the T is and they realize what influence looks like. And that influence doesn't necessarily mean you have to be white, cis and, and have money. And so shout out to Meg for getting that, getting that um, Time Magazine cover and shout out to her team over at Rock Nation, her management team for helping her get it. Because at the end of the day, you know, um, I just feel like that's important. Now, what do you think about on TV? Because now the big debate that I've been saying, because I watch a lot of hip hop media. So I'm talking about like um, Everyday Struggle and some of the other hip hop um, places. They're talking now about how problematic it is that Tory's being blackballed because a lot of the media outlets aren't promoting his album. They're not saying it can't be on their provider. So the direct services, the DSPs like Spotify and, you know, they're not saying that his album can't be on there, but they're not adding it to playlists and they're not promoting it. And a lot of black men are very in arms saying, well, how is it that these DSPs should be able to have a moral right to be able to judge a man that was not convicted of a crime, even though, you know, preponderance of evidence, you can clearly see what happened, or at least know that something happened and the truth isn't out. Like, there are a lot of Black men that are in arms and Black people that are in arms that these DSPs are quote-unquote policing Blackness. But this is the thing when you're a celebrity, you're not entitled to a career. You're not entitled to support that's a bit like you're not just because you're an artist that's not guaranteed if you do something that is detrimental to your brand that's going to impact how you're able to sell and how it's going to impact your position and if you do something as problematic as allegedly shooting this girl these these service providers and these platforms have the right to um, not want to promote your stuff. That's just how it, and I, and I hate how 
people, especially men, I usually see this where men like try to throw out cancel culture and oh, we, we shouldn't be canceled and this cancel culture and da 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 da. But if if you're problematic and you're using your platform in a way to be problematic and to spread these views, then you don't you're not entitled to have support. And it's not like he he put out an album of nursery rhymes and um, ch children's poem. You're putting out an album where you're not addressing the situation. In fact, you're going and blaming the girl, saying oh, the situation is not as big as it was and F you to everybody that has... Like, you're not taking accountability. And not calling her out of her name. Like, very much, if this is a victim, and this is what's really gagging, is the amount of Black men that can identify with a, with a shooter. The, the amount of Black... Like, what is it about you that can see yourself in Tory to the point where you're, de you're defending his actions or even giving, giving rise to the... Or even allowing the logic to enter your mind about why it will be okay for him to shoot her. Right. Men that are justifying it are even scarier. It's like how many black men out here are in their mind thinking it's okay to shoot black women? Because it seems to be a lot by what I'm seeing online because it's gagging because it's not even that a lot of black men aren't saying, oh, he didn't do it. It's what did she do to get shot? Right. Like what? Like how is that even a thing? Right. So like you're not entitled, you're not you are a celebrity you're an entertainer you're not entitled to support you just you just not you have to earn it and if you do something your color to mess doesn't up, guarantee you my support right just always your kimbo right and if you do something to mess that up guess what i have the choice with my money or my to not support you and, and it I just all out black women out there that want somebody to believe you or to support you or to see you as human but when another black woman gets hurt or shot, you try to, excuse me, discredit her based on, you try to discredit her based on patriarchy, based on we need to be uplifting our black kings, based on all of this extra that you think black men should be entitled to because the world treats them a certain way. Now, granted, I do believe that black men are oppressed in the world, but black women are too. Yeah, and you don't get and to come and oppress by us. the black men that are supposed to be that claim they want the leadership positions to protect us. Enter said um, attorney general, enter this attorney general, enter these black men that are defending, entering T.I. who is who, who said, who, who said he talked to Tory. And I hate that he feels that he can speak for culture, but he said he talked to Tory and Tory told him and he believed him. And I'm like, who gives a fuck what T.I. About I what Mr. Hyman check thinks. T.I. Hyman, I, I, I care. I care is nothing about what he has to say. I can't like why like why are you even saying anything? Like why are you, you it's it's so crazy how black men and black women that are like supporting black men are like so scared of are so scared of being checked or are so scared of being open to the possibility that the way that they're moving is problematic and that we have something to say about it and we're not gonna shut up about it anymore. Well that's it. It's more of how dare you have the audacity to speak. Like, I'm, I'm, what really is scary to me is the amount of people that insisted that Meg spoke, like, literally would not let her be quiet, didn't, like, told, said that she had to, like, really was trying to put out rumors about her that she felt like she needed to address to protect her brand. And then on the flip side, that same woman, because she addressed it, is now being judged for why you going on the media, 
Why are you telling your story? Why are you being so open? And it's almost like that same mentality that happens in Black families when someone is abused or raped or sexually assaulted. The don't air our dirty laundry out. We'll handle that in the family. The same thing in community that says, don't call the cops on a Black man. Like, why are you calling the cops on him? Like, if he's beating my ass, I'm calling the cops. It just is what it is. Right. But in a community that would just judge me for calling the cops on somebody that's attacking me. We live in a community that would consider it snitching for me to tell about criminal activity that's affecting me or my neighborhood. Like, you can victimize us in every which way possible, but dare as a Black woman to have a voice, and then you will upraise, you will enrage Black men. And what's really sad is, is the amount of Black men who have a distrust for Black women that are bringing up, there are a lot of Black men that are bringing up, well, I had somebody lie to me, lie on me, and I had somebody do this. And it's like, so you're going to use your one bad feel to now demonize all Black women. And then now you bring that same energy in your relationships with us. So then now I'm in a relationship with somebody that likes my pussy but don't like Black women. I'm trusting people with my life that don't like Black women. And a lot of women, y'all need to check your husbands. You need to look online and see what he's saying. Because this, if he feels like a bitch can do anything to get shot from behind in her feet, okay, if he feels like that's something that is okay, depending on what she might have said out of her mouth, you're with somebody that will shoot you in your fucking face, bitch. You need to run. And that's real. Black women, these black men feel comfortable saying that. T.I., tiny, tiny T.I.'s wife, like, check your man. These niggas don't have no reason being in this girl business and getting involved between this man and this girl. What's going to be is going to be, let that man get what he get, because at the end of the day, it should have been no gun, period. And and then and the idea that being with you means that I have to I have to be in fear of my life from you, your gun, or the guns that are coming for you is the problem. Right. Back to what we were saying. Sometimes when black men will want our support and want us to love them, but when the cops come shooting through the front door, they're shooting me dead in the bed. Right. No shade. And again, this goes back to the point I made when we first got on. It, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm not sharing my heart, my life, my bed with you on that type of level. And you are openly like anti-woman or you're anti-queer. And like, it just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense because I'm not about to spend a whole relationship fighting with you to get you to see my humanity instead of just you saying my genitalia and thinking that it's supposed to be for your service or for your pleasure. And again, I, I feel like we talked about this before. A lot, a lot of the hate that Meg is getting is based in transphobia, is based in sexism because she's this tall, big, voluptuous woman that when she gets out of line, it's okay to visit this type of violence on her. Right, or because that, that's a big bitch. And that's what a lot of people are saying, the same logic that they use for us. You're right. Right. She's not soft enough or demure enough or light enough or, or delicate enough to deserve the level of understanding that we would give what we would consider a more delicate woman because she's not as delicate as what these men. So a lot of men with insecure little dick ass niggas, motherfuckers, they will say, Oh, because she's so big out here, that nigga like five foot, you know, he had to shoot her ass. Right. Like, no, that is not fucking okay. And like you said, that plays into that, that, that notion that a woman that's built any way, but a certain delicate small frame that's close to eurocentric ideology is not worthy of protection 
because a lot of black women also are have big feet and big hands and are tall and are curvy and voluptuous and aren't small or delicate in the way that society values. And so then their lives don't matter as much. And that, that could even go into, you know, what the, the, the way coverage went for Breonna Taylor, the way, you know what I'm saying? Like right. at the end of the day, if you don't look a certain way, if you don't hold to a certain narrow standard, you don't get the same support. And Megan is a gorgeous woman that is considered a sex symbol. But even her, there is a large part of black men that will say, oh, that's a big bitch. So I already know if it come to blows, he had to shoot her ass. Assuming that because she's a big black woman that she posed a physical threat. Right. Huh? So, like I said, it's very clear for me. I'm not listening to the album. I have no intentions on listening to the album. I really don't care about I'm judging the shit out of people who are, and I'm right. not saying it out loud. Like I'm right, but I am looking at you sideways. Right, and I don't care. I don't really care to hear his side or what he has to say. I I believe black women. I'm standing with Meg Thee Stallion. We can go ahead and cancel Tory Lanez. It's not going to hurt us. It's not. It's not going to be a detriment. Like that, he was trying. He was on the come up, but he wasn't that nigga. Right, and and if and if you can't have R and B music without his music, then you really don't like R and B. It's no shade. And a lot of his stuff was sampled from other people's stuff. It wasn't like he did anything. And it just goes to show how much y'all hate black women. Like he, it wasn't like he put out any groundbreaking body of work. No classic album. No, most of his stuff sampled stuff from the nineties. Like girl, bye, girl, bye. So of course we're gonna like your version. Took a hit and re put your right. I'm only listening for the sample and for the 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 backgrounds in the sample. I'm not here for you. And while I do believe he. While I do believe that he was moderately talented, I don't believe that his talent will survive this, and I don't want him to win. I'm not. Really no, sure. you're not obligated to be a performer forever. You're not obligated to have the same level of support each album cycle. If you do something jacked up, that's going to change how people respond to you. And, and if I'm he wants to correct that. He should atone in some way. And part of atonement is being fucking honest. And he's a liar. Yeah, and and you're not. Do, not only are you not doing that, the dumbass men around you are not holding you accountable or creating space for you to do that. Instead, they're protecting you and shielding you with these private conversations where they're encouraging you with the fuck shit. And you, you, it's just getting worse. And T.I. would be the last person that I would be taking advice from or let him speak for me on my behalf. That's the last person. That woman, T.I. is the last person that we should trust as an expert on what happened. And how T.I. I continues... Him, I feel like he's straight. Right. Like that was supposed to mean something. Like, work on your relationship with your daughter that you'll probably have to work on for the rest of her life. Who and his daughter, who actually seems like a really nice, sweet girl, work on that. The, the the fact that he still gets to get invited to the cookout and gets to speak on behalf of black community, it just it baffles my mind. It really does. But you know what, sis, it doesn't baffle minds because that's exactly just like how the uncle that molests you will be allowed to still attend the gathering. Bitch, after everybody know what he did and because he apologized to you publicly in front of the family now we're good like how many black women have had to endure being around and being supported by people that everybody know beat up on you attacked you raped you molested you and because that's family 
you have to still endure seeing their faces every time you go home or still face being around those people like that 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 cycle of shame that generational curse has to break and and unfortunately you know you would think that in 2020 that we would be okay with a black woman particularly after me too that we will be okay with a black woman speaking her truth a dark skin a brown skin black woman speaking her truth but it, it, it's we're still not there yet and we're still not getting the same support that i feel like if she were a Stacey Dash or somebody that was, you if know she was saying? a Kyle, if she was a Kylie Jenner. Oh, honey, if Kylie Jenner would have got shot, black people, black people would have been rioting in the streets. Would have been it. went out of their way. Mind you, that's a whole white woman that just got fillers and a little tan, bitch. But she is Kylie Jenner, white Bruce Jenner's daughter. Okay, like let's not make it like she's no biracial nothing. That bitch just fucks black men and has a biracial child. But she, but if Kylie Jenner got shot, me, it would have been a media firestorm. That man would have been kicked out. Of, niggas would have rioted. But because it was Meg, it's like, oh, what she do? And that's really horrible because that's how we see, that's how you see your mama. That's how you see your aunties. It's like all these black men that have been raised in these households. That's how you see your daughters. Yes, your daughters. Because at the end of the day, all these black men that lived in households and were in communities where you saw the, the, the woman in your street with a drug problem being forced to give head to the drug dealer for money, where you saw people in your family being attacked or being hurt, and when you saw your mama getting beat up, when you saw your auntie getting attacked by her boyfriend, when you saw all of these horrors against black women, you at no point, I did, you at no point have the empathy to say, that's not fucking okay. Instead, what you say is, well... I'm going to be a black man, so let me look at these other black men with sympathy and empathy and try to get to the root of why they feel the way they feel and why they did what they did, not realizing that there's been absolutely no atonement, no addressing the issues and the traumas of the women in your family. So to not believe Meg Thee Stallion is to say that when your, when your mom tells you that your daddy used to jump on you, you're actually giving him the excuse for why he beat your fucking mama up and you should feel ashamed of yourself. Like, for those of you that have been witnessing women being attacked and not believe, and for you not to believe this woman, it says a lot about you. And I think in a lot of cases, it's because you're the problem. So, I believe we have done an episode. Yes, we have, girl. So, before we leave, ladies and gentlemen, um, I know that a lot's going on right now, and we appreciate those of you who have stuck with us in this two-week hiatus. We thank you for your support and your love going forward. And what we do know is that our, our supporters are loyal. We see all of your comments and your love and your support online. We appreciate knowing that our platform is growing and that many of you are choosing to trust us as sages of wisdom that you're listening to. And so thank you for tuning in weekly. And we hope that this episode is received with the same love. Um, we also ask that you like, follow, and subscribe to us on all of our social media platforms. We thank you for that engagement as well. Engagement is up, so let's keep it going. Also, if you can get a chance, if you would want to support a Black trans business, we ask that you go to anchorfm.com and go to the donate um, tab and actually donate to support us. If you would love to support what we do, we're still trying to grow and expand. And, you know, we're doing this on our own. It's just me and, me and my sis. Um, it's Aeon and the Lioness. And so this has been Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I'm the Lioness. And I'm Aeon. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Don't forget to go to our anchor page to become a monthly sponsor. And also feel free to like, follow, and subscribe to us on all of our social media platforms. And also, please don't forget to rate and review our podcast, Every Comment Matters. And lastly, please, please, please follow and tune in for our live interactive Facebook show every Friday on Facebook and YouTube. Until next time, I'm the Lioness. And I'm Aeon. Bye.